And uh, yeah, believe it or not, Sophia Loren. And uh, Sophia, we know her uh, for uh, beauty, elegance, and I didn't know that she sings as well. Um, but this song made it to the top five UK single in 1960, and it features um, uh, both of them, uh, Sela in an acting role as an Indian doctor, and Loren um, as his wealthy Italian patient, and they fall in love. Take a listen. Time a certain man is standing next to me mm-hmm. A flash comes to my face And my pulse begins to race It goes boom boody 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 boom Well goodness gracious me How often does this happen? When did the trouble start? You see my stethoscope is bobbing Do the throbbing of your heart what kind of man is he to create this allergy? It goes boom, boody, boom, boody, boom, boody, boom, boody, boom, boody, boom, boody, boom, 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 boody, boom, boody, boom, boody, boom. Well, goodness gracious me. From New Delhi to Darjeeling, I have done my share of healing, and I've never yet been beaten or outboxed. I remember that with one jab of my needle in the Punjab, how I cleared up very, very, and the dreaded dysentery. But your complaint has got me really Oh, oh, doctor, touch my fingers. Well, goodness gracious me. You may be very clever, but however can't you see? My heart beats much too much at a certain tender touch. It goes boom, booty, 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 boom. Well, goodness gracious me. Can I see your tongue? Nothing the matter with it. Put it away, please. Maybe it's my back. Maybe it Shall is. Shall I lie down? Yes. Ah. My initial diagnosis rules out measles and thrombosis, sleeping sickness, and as far as I can tell, influenza, inflammation, whooping cough, and night starvation. And you'll be so glad to hear that both your eyeballs are so Put two and two together. Oh. If you have eyes to see, yes. the face that oh, makes my right in front <laughs> What a treat! What a treat! And thank you, thank you so much for accepting our invitation. Good afternoon and welcome. If you guessed uh, Peter Delk Ace, you were spot on. Good afternoon and welcome. Thank you. How are you? Oh, man. After that song, <laughs> I you love know, life. Suddenly, I love life. <laughs> you know, tomorrow is Sophia's 84th birthday. Aww. How's that, hey? Oh, yeah, how time flies. Yep. How time flies. I mean, I, I would look at Sophia and, and I'd be like, I want to be like that when I grow up. Because uh, she made elegance look so sexy and attainable and reachable, you know. Uh, But thank you. Thank you very much for choosing that song. What does it mean to you? Goodness gracious me. Well, first of all, the the voice of Sophia Loren has been in my life for uh, 60 years. So Because I fell in love with her when I was 11 years old. And um, one thing led to another and then eventually I found... I found an apartment in Rome when I was there when I was 16, left a letter for her. She wrote a letter back to me. Yeah. We started corresponding 
Um, and we started becoming friends and we talked to each other on the phone constantly and she lives in Geneva. Um, and recently there was a documentary film made about me called Nobody's Died Laughing and she was in the film. So I had Sophia Loren in my movie. So she's, you know, it just shows that when you are young and you adore greatness and talent and, mm. and compassion, it rubs off on you as well and it's become part of my life. And I can imagine. I really love her. Mm -hmm. You are one of those individuals um, that, you know, when you sit back and, and just watch your life play out like a movie, it would be what a life. Well lived, uh, did it my way. I mean, writing, directing, acting, producing, making and wearing dresses. Where does your actual <laughs> passion lie? Where does the passion lie? The passion lies in an audience's reaction, meaning that people are having a good time. Mm. You know, when people give me all these titles, I mean, I love it when I hear actor, director, blah, blah, blah. I'm an entertainer. That's my job. I mean, I have got to bring you into my world and entertain you with things you don't want to think about. Because most of my material is based on politics. There's mm. none, of, none of politics you want to take home and enjoy because you can't enjoy politics it always frightens you so my point is laugh at your fear that's it um and really truly that has been part of my uh, my focus for most of my life and in doing this you've challenged um spoke truth to power um you've challenged the apartheid culture i mean so much that uh, some people would want to say but um are too scared uh, so has this ever gotten you into trouble uh, both with your peers and your family Yes, isn't that wonderful? I needed trouble. <laughs> trouble is good because trouble means you're saying something right. Um, I had just had to find ways of saying those things and not end up either under the ground or behind a closed door. And, uh, you know, humour is a great weapon of mass distraction. People don't actually expect to remember the things they laugh at. Mm. And again, apartheid wasn't funny. There was nothing about apartheid that was funny. But the people who believed in it, the people who pushed pushed it as a religion, showed through their hypocrisy and their stupidity that mm. they were worth laughing at. And again, laughing at politicians that don't have a sense of humor, you end up by pulling their <laughs> tail feathers out one by one. And it's been something I've been doing for a long time. <laughs> do, you, do you enjoy watching them going Aina? Because that, I mean, it not only does it sound painful, um, but as you say it, uh, it's very difficult to swallow. Well, you've seen it on television virtually every day when you look at Donald Trump. He just can't take a joke. He doesn't understand um, humor. He is so th thick-skinned and thin-skinned that it's all about him. Mm. And really, truly, as a, as a comedian, as a satirist, I think that we are suffering because we cannot be funnier than him. The trouble <laughs> is he can blow up the world. But you that's, haven't that's stopped. You haven't stopped making us laugh. And uh, I mean, previously your material came uh, largely from government. Is this uh, still the case? Oh my goodness me! I just have to look at the president of the Women's League, and I giggle away because she's too good to be true. Um, really, unfortunately, she's not just a funny character. She's a very, very bad politician. And I think every time somebody laughs at a bad politician, it's not because they're funny. It's because we know that they must actually remove themselves from their job and do something else. You know, I've always said if a politician resigns, I will never make fun of them because then they're out of the job. But once they become politicians, they stop being people. They become things and things become jokes quite mm. easily. Third rate politicians with fourth rate ideas. <laughs>
Now, looking at um, the work that you facilitated, um, especially around the truth and reconciliation in South Africa, do you believe that um, all of us as South Africans are willing to build this notion of non-racial, non-sexist democratic state, especially looking at the incidences of uh, racism and sexual harassment and the list goes on and on? It's a, it's a question that really needs to be repeated every single day so that we try and find an answer to it. I find it, it's dangerous for me to give an answer to something that actually needs everybody to find their own answer. First of all, I think racism is totally unacceptable. And yet it has become the virus that has no cure. Mm. And if you remember when AIDS happened, the HIV virus, which had sure. no cure, care became the closest to cure. Uh, so I think the care that we need to have when we use words that are damaging and hurtful, I mean, we call them the K word, the N word, the, there are so many now that are being used as weapons to destroy people's confidence. And when a, when a small child is being called the K word, that child will never recover from that. I would like to see us use humor in a much more fierce way to confront racism mm. because a racist again is somebody who has no sense of humor yeah. a racist is somebody who is uses, using fear as a weapon um, and of course I come from a country called South Africa during 1948 to 1994 where racism was the religion of power um, and when people say to me now, which of course is the unfortunate way to end an argument when somebody says, yes, but you're only saying that because you're a racist. I say mm. to them, you know, I was a racist till I was 50 years old because it was politically correct to be a racist. So I was politically incorrect in my fight against racism. Wow. But when I was 50, suddenly my life could change. Like Dacha, that is becoming legal, I could become a legal South African voice by being against racism because it was certainly not part of the religion of democracy. Wow. But it is a journey that every single South African has got to find for themselves and find different ways to solve that problem. Many people don't know how and I really think we need to treat them with great respect and also with a lot of compassion and not really truly I don't know if a hate speech law is going to really help mm. the issue because hate speech is well, frankly, if there's a law against hate speech, I can't do anything on stage anymore because everything I say on stage can it be seen hate as hate speech, speech by somebody who hates what I say. <laughs> That's it. You know, exactly. we're giving power to the people who want to destroy communication and destroy freedom of expression. Mm. But then again, if people use those words to try and cash in and, and become powerful, that is also totally unacceptable. So we are in a minefield of hashtags and hate speech. Yeah. And be careful where you put your foot. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I tell you what, when you say that, I, I, I miss Danny Evita. And I'm, I'm taking a break right now. I'm hoping that you came with her to studio and we'll, we'll have just two questions for her. You can do that with pleasure. Absolutely. She's Thank always you. somewhere around. Awesome. Me. Yes. All right. Yes. At SAFM Radio and at Positive GP on Twitter. Right. Uh, right now, um, it, it's such a pleasure, a humbling pleasure indeed. I'm in conversation with uh, Peter Delk Ace, and I'm hoping that right now uh, we'll be joined by his equally famous alter ego, and that is uh, Danny Bezadenhold, who holds no punches, and uh, uh, he, she doesn't hold back any punches. She says it like it's supposed to be said, and uh, like it's supposed to be said indeed. Good afternoon, and uh, welcome. I hope Danny Evita is there. 
Mijn gids, ja, is, oh. uh, Griselda, I've been so dying to talk to you because you speak on the radio and I really I like so what you say. Ek is so lief vir jou. Ach, dankie, my skat, dankie. Oh, I love you to bits. <laughs> Now, can can you share with us uh, some of the lessons that you learned uh, from the grandchildren that you spend time with around the country? Well, first of all, my three little grandchildren who are, uh, they, they, well, they're not black, they're not white, they are Barack Obama beige. <laughs> and my dear, do you know, it's such, a, it's such a wonderful shock for me to suddenly be the grandmother of three young South Africans who are excited about the future. They don't actually believe the headlines. They're not interested in apologies. They want to know how can their dreams come true. And really, they have challenged me to go back into active politics. That's why I am now involved. Not with Parliament, because as you know, Parliament has either become a DA parking garage or a playpen for the Teletubbies of the EFF. I am now in Latuli House. I am a member of the ANC. And as you know, I must be very careful not to make any statements because we members aren't allowed to have uh, opinions in public. But I'm also there as a citizen. And you know, I am very, very excited by the fact that I've met so many good people in in the party who are not criminals, who are not crooks. You know, everybody thinks everybody steals. No, no, no. Look, there are six names every day that I can give you to say on your newscast. But hundreds of thousands of members of the party party are not corrupt. They are working hard to keep this country more or less balanced so Mm. we can still speak to each other on the radio and use our freedom of speech and not meet at the Croatian border with a pick and pay bag in our hands. (laughs) So I'm an optimist. I'm an optimist because my grandchildren deserve my optimism. Let's talk about what it was like to have a sit down with the late President Nelson Mandela. That conversation. First of all, I had to keep on reminding myself that I wasn't even allowed to look at his picture while he was in prison. I didn't even know why he was in jail. I thought he'd stolen a car. You know, nobody (laughs) told us about anything. The terrible, terrible danger of hiding history means that stories are made up and then fake news takes over. And suddenly there was this man who smiled, walked out of jail, He was tall, he was confident, and you know, he didn't speak like Robert Mugabe. He didn't say, take the farms and kill the whites. He made, he made, well, he allowed a government to happen with the people who locked him up. We had a a, a government of national unity. Uh, He used humor to unite the world. And you know, when he agreed to do an interview with me, I'd had a program called Funny Galore on Mnet Mm -hmm. in 1994. And, you know, basically it was just to talk to our new government. And then I realized I was talking to ex-terrorists and (laughs) ex-communists and everybody we locked up. And suddenly I found out that they were as much in love with South Africa as I was. And there was Nelson Mandela. And the first thing he said to me, he said, Evita, you look so beautiful. The man is so charming. And yes, it was again for me a life-changing experience because suddenly I had no fear. I had no guilt either, although guilt is very strong in the past of my life. Because Nelson Mandela literally said to me, let us take hands and walk together into the future and make it and make it an, a democracy for everybody to share with yeah. with with hope and 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 with plans for the future so yeah and of course it was his 100th birthday this year oh yeah yeah let's talk about your for that secret of you staying forever beautiful and stylish oh yeah nah. I, I, I know <laughs> that you also, uh, you know, make these dresses and wear them, but gee, my goodness, are you stylish or are you stylish? Well, my dear, you know, I have to be very careful not to be 
spending a lot of money on nonsense. I learned a lesson from Princess Diana all those years ago mm-hmm. when we sat together on an airplane and she said to me, do you know, I recycle. Yeah. I recycle clothes. I take off uh, maybe the sleeves and I maybe take off a flower and I add something. And I've been doing that for a long time. And some of my clothes, really, truly, you won't believe it, they come from the SPCA shop. Wow. I'm a great one for going to secondhand shops and buying something pretty and, and reinventing it for the future. And, of course, Chris Levine used to make my dresses in the old South Africa. And, and Errol Ahrens makes me lovely clothes now. He's very clever, world-famous <laughs> couture. And my, my son, De Cook, has... Uh, his best friend Moff de Brain also makes clothes. So, you know, I'm very careful to listen to people with talent and say to them, well, make me something nice and let me see what it looks like. I, I mean, as proudly South African you are, I, I love the way you love Didal. You are so connected to celebrating um, being Africans. Where does that come from? Maar ek is mos Afrikaans my skat, ek kan nie weg het loop van Afrikaans nie. Um, you know, we've got again, an, uh, the genius of Nelson Mandela is yeah. giving us 11 official languages. That's it. If it only given us two, then people would have been very angry. But I speak, of course, Afrikaans, English. I have a few words in Kosa, especially a saying that Nelson Mandela taught me. He said, mm-hmm. Evita, walala wasala. Okay. You snooze, you lose. And that is a very important thing to share with people. And so I think we all must treasure our mother tongue. But also we must start realizing that across the road in the world, you need an international language. That's it. I mean, Afrikaans won't help me overseas. And so um, Koza and Zulu and Swana and Sutu, uh, Shangan, Venda. Chinese is an important language to learn. My grandchildren are learning Chinese because in a few years' time, the Chinese will be here because they've lent us so much money, they'll want it back. (laughs) So at least you can speak their language as they come back next week. shade. (laughs) Goodness. Let's talk about your channel on YouTube. And this is my last question for for you, Dani Evita. Yeah. Um, and it, it's so insightful. I am so excited to hear that. You know, YouTube is a funny thing because I record this episode every week. I have an episode of Evita's Free Speech. Uh, we record it at 7 o'clock on, the, on a Sunday morning. And by 2 o'clock, it is on YouTube. We're now on episode 160. We've been doing it for 160 weeks. Sure. And every week, I give a three to four minute bite on the on the state of the nation and mainly on the state of of our optimism and 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 where our fears are and and where the mm. headlines take us and it is wonderful i've had reactions from all over the world from bulgaria and from atlanta uh, and from alaska and from the from downing street and from buckingham palace people are listening and watching and the nice thing is what they say is i'm not, it's not a politician speaking We are Mm. listening to a grandmother. We are listening to somebody who went through a very serious time of bad politics in South Africa. Uh, A state of, uh, it was state capture. Let us not pretend that's a new thing. Uh, We we captured the state during apartheid and we held onto it very tightly for far too long. Uh, um, But I'm very happy to share that with people. And I hope everybody who listens will just go into YouTube, uh, Evita Seperon channel. And then every Sunday you can share Evita's free speech with me or on the Daily Maverick on the Monday. It is on Daily Maverick. So nice to talk to you, Miss Scott. I will be listening to you on the radio again. I have a question. I have a question from a listener and uh, we'll go back um, to my um, uh, uncle, Peter Del Case. And uh, the the question is from Ste in KZN. Uh, Ste wants to know, uh, says that I've always wanted to ask Daniel Vita, is it true that you're an ANC member or just another joke? 
My dear, and there's no no jokes. Life is too serious for jokes. Of course I'm an ANC member. I have to be in the ANC in order to keep an eye on democracy. I'm the one person that doesn't need a new Mercedes-Benz or a dinner 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 <laughs> date to the Guptas. So I am a member of the ANC, and uh, and yes, uh, it is not what people expect. In fact, somebody said to me the other day, seeing Evita Besaidnet in the ANC is like seeing Angela Merkel as a Greek bank yeah. manager. <laughs> You're not, is it? So there you are. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, for, for joining us and stay as fabulous and uh, please take care of that Bitel for us Oh, leave Arda. yes I don't sit around the table with him very often I can promise you <laughs> <laughs> and, and that voice sounds so much like um, uh, Sophia's by the way well, Vita's just left and I can smell her perfume. So here's <laughs> Sophia. You know, Sophia has had such an influence on so many things in my life. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the way Sophia uses makeup, the way she she has a style, the way she crosses her legs when she sits <sighs> down, the way she, you know. And so my job with Evita is to make her so real that the women recognize the woman and the men forget yeah, the man. absolutely. Uh, because it's a tribute to the to the excellence of women uh, and, and the importance of, of them as equal in this rat race of life because the hash me too is a very important hashtag to to understand and to be part of let's take the news headlines and uh, when we return an opportunity to interact uh, with our beyond the spotlight guest and uh, thank you so much uh, once again for tuning in at safm radio both on twitter and facebook and you can hashtag safm lifetime live here's utsi lesaku with the headlines here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg. Joining us in our C Point studios is um, author, director, actor, um, producer, including making and wearing dresses. And uh, he's our, our guest uh, beyond the po- the spotlight. And that's uh, Peter uh, Dirk Ace. And once again, thank you so much uh, for allowing us uh, to connect to Danny Evita as well. Um, now let's talk about your... Um, <laughs> Your, your passion to just change lives. Uh, I, one of your works, um, whether we this is populated or not, is in addressing stigma that is associated with HIV testing. Uh, what inspired this? Well, you know, HIV, I call it the second virus because the first virus was apartheid. Mm. Um, the second virus was something that I was terrified of, as many people were and are. And uh, when President Mbeki confused the issue by suggesting that HIV didn't lead to AIDS, it just I just felt this is something I had to confront in the way that I confronted apartheid and um, make people understand that they have to be in charge of their fear. And so I started going to schools. I took uh, an hour program of entertaining young people about sex, mainly about things that they don't really hear about in a school classroom, but making them realize that, yes, they are beautiful young people who on a Saturday night will have a lovely party, not in school uniform, and uh, they might drink, and they will say, no, 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 and I say, well, I'm not telling you don't drink, I'm just saying if you drink, you don't, you can't think clearly, mm. and they say, yeah, and if you smoke a drug, and yeah, da gaan het weer, you can't. The point is, if you cannot think clearly, you make a mistake. And it just takes one mistake for the HIV virus to change your life. Mm. And so I realized that humor can also help tremendously to try and 
to try and focus everybody, including young people and everybody, not just young people, mm. on the fact that care is the first step to cure. Um, and yes, it, it has always been a very interesting way to try and find a sort of a, a sort of a style to uh, attract people's attention because most people don't want to hear about it and don't want to talk about it but somehow sex is very funny <laughs> and it's amazing how much laughter you can have with a condom in your hand because it's a very <laughs> floppy little thing you know but it can save lives it can save so lives. i still go to schools i mean there are, things have changed a lot since 2002 yeah. but it is still a fact that the young people at school don't really get enough information about sex and about the minefield around sex and so that also has to be addressed but then again there are more important things sometimes like you know study get out of school you know get a language get an education make your dream come true become the president of south africa in 30 years time because god knows we need presidents all the time mm. at the moment i think we've got a very good president who needs everybody's support but young people should also know that they have a place in the future politics and now this next song, uh, populated uh, by uh, Pete Seeger and uh, sung by Marlene Dietrich. I, I just want to find out because it sounds so sad. Um, it sounds like, you know, you were connecting to a place uh, where you're asking yourself, where is the color? You know, Marlene Dietrich, like Sophia Loren, also has had a huge influence in my life because being a, she's German from Berlin. My mother was also from Berlin. Um, I met Marlena when she was here in Cape Town in 1966 doing her show at the Alhambra Theatre. This woman alone on stage, this, this not young woman and yet glamorous beyond words and beyond mm. ears who just sang these songs and this song that you're going to hear now which is called Where Have All the Flowers Gone? I think it's one of the greatest anti-war songs of our generation certainly. And basically she says, where have all the flowers gone? Where have all the soldiers gone? Where have all the children gone? Where have all our dreams gone? 1960 classic. Where have all the young girls gone? Long time passing. Where have all the young girls gone? Long time ago. Where have all the young girls gone? Gone to young men, everyone, when will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the young men gone? Long time passing. Where have all the young men gone? Long time ago. Where have all the young men gone? Gone to soldier everyone When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the soldiers gone? Long time passing Where have all the soldiers gone? Long time ago Where have all the soldiers gone? Gone to graveyards everyone When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the graveyards gone? 
Long time passing Where have all the graveyards gone? Long time ago Where have all the graveyards gone? Gone to flower everyone When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago Where have all Oh, goodness. Um, where has time gone is the question I'm going to ask. What a beautiful song. What a treat. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes we need to take a step back and just reflect. Um, you know, where are the hopes? Uh, where is the love? Where are the flowers? And and music is an extraordinary bomb. You know, music sort of goes beyond nationalities, beyond religions, beyond language, beyond color, beyond beyond size or anything. It is just probably one of the most embracing things we have. So and we're I, very lucky. You and I have something in common. I host Lifetime Live, and you are about to host a grilling of a lifetime. I am told yes they gave this is this is the the comics award of the year I got a lifetime achiever award last week and then in uh, on the 28th of September which actually is my birthday and Ovita's birthday as well so it's going to be a double date. Oh wow. Um yes they're going to be grilling me or and her well me there's nothing to grill you know I'm a very sort of a thin a thin piece of bacon but Tani Evita is a stars a great sticky bright face let's see what happens it's going to be great fun I look forward to it very much <laughs> so where is this going to be um, tell us more I know it's that it's going to be uh, Melrose Melrose Arch I think on the 28th I think um, yes it's going to be the it, Melrose Arch I think play, a place called the venue Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I must just find a very nice outfit for Tani Evita because I don't think she knows about it. She thinks that the ANC Women's League is giving her a surprise birthday party oh, and she's going to wow. be very surprised to see what's going to happen to her. There. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for um, uh, well visiting us and uh, thank you for allowing us to just uh, uh, tap into your space and connect uh, to the beautiful soul that you are. Thank you. Thanks, my darling. Thank you very much. Uh, we are going to uh, sign out, and, and that's Peter Dirk Ace uh, joining us from our Seapoint uh, studios. And uh, thank you so much uh, to, for the beautiful uh, music. He's a performer, uh, writer, director, actor, producer, and the list goes on and on. And uh, we celebrate you. We love you beyond words and continue making us laugh whilst conscientizing us and, and making us reflect on uh, you know things that uh, we should be talking about to make ourselves better people.